Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. Jason, how are things? They're going okay. They're really? going okay. I just had a um, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which we've all had, obviously. Right. Um, but I had my first one without my oldest son. He decided he wasn't going to show up this year for Thanksgiving. Oh, my. He ended up going somewhere with his girlfriend's family, I think, to... I don't know. It was another state, I know, at least. That. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was... It was different. Like, I I think I've finally gotten to that point where I just have zero expectations. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, like, it's weird to let go of that, not relationship, but to let go of what that relationship was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And to start sort of just acknowledging what that relationship is now yeah which is nothing right i mean he he'll talk to his mother about stuff but you know he we don't talk at all for the most part you know if i have a question if he has a question you know that might come across but other than that there really isn't isn't anything yeah and i don't feel as crappy about it as i had well that's good yeah yeah i we move things around um, a little bit this weekend to try to make it more ready for winter and i wanted a, a bigger base for what the the snake is in so i have a snake He's oh right a yes okay i was like 50 snake. gallon tank tank 50 gallon tank um it's a big one yeah and i had had it on this corner desk and it was kind of like caddy cornered into the corner desk so it was the 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 middle portion of it had at least probably four or five inches that kind of was hanging over, mm-hmm. but it was connecting on the two sides. And it just kind of looked, I don't know, I, I think it looked crappy. I didn't like how close it had to be to the window to fit so that he was um, on there enough. Right. Like it kind of had to be right in the window. So I... um made this big project out of it <laughs> of course <laughs> and i had built a couple of bedrooms um several years back so it was a one bedroom that right. you walked into the bedroom straight ahead of you was the closet and then the rest of the bedroom was to the right of you so that part to the right i cut into two bedrooms okay. so that's two bedrooms now 
and the part where you walk in and go straight to the um closet is all just like a hallway now almost okay so their bedrooms don't have closets in them. It's on the outside. They don't use closets, dressers, hampers. They don't use anything. They just throw <laughs> their clothes on the floor and walk on them until they want to wear them. But anyway, um, so that's accessible. And then there were two dressers out there. Mm-hmm. And one of them literally sat empty. It was supposed to be for my oldest son. And it sat empty. He just he He's never used anything like that. Yeah, We've tried you know, open shelving so that he can see things because we thought maybe that would help. You know, he's, he's got really significant ADHD. Yep. Um, tried that. That didn't work. We tried, um, you know, like, uh, you know, those, it's it's, uh, it's usually like a storage container and they're about the size, half about the size of a couch and they have like different layers of those boxes you can pull in and yes. out that fold out. Yeah. So we tried something like that, kind of more able to just dump it in, you know, and then open it when you want kind of a thing. Not as much as like needing to keep it, you know, folded well to fit in a drawer so it doesn't get. Yep. That didn't work. So it, the dresser was there for months not being used. So I took the dresser and put it in the hallway and it was empty. So we ended up going through like all of our sheets and all of our bedding stuff, which we have a lot of. Right. And put all of uh, our sheets, my wife and I's, in that cabinet. So now our stuff isn't going to get mixed up with the milieu of throwing shit on the floor and like nothing yeah. <laughs> taking care right. of it. I mean, that hallway area and that closet was literally just probably... The closet was probably at least three feet deep with just stuff, and the hallway <laughs> there was no floor in the hallway. Like you, you so we had to clear all of that out. Right? Out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we just did all these things, and that's not that. I think that's something that I would have waited for him to do mm-hmm. because a it was part of his space that I was changing and moving around. And B, I would have expected him to participate, you know, as someone that lives there. Right. We're doing this big project. Participate. Didn't even cross my mind. I just threw stuff in his room that was his and moved things away, moved things around. I found uh, um, my youngest had bought from my oldest this airsoft pistol. Mm -hmm. And... My oldest just, you would never find it for him. So I found that while we were going through things and I gave it to him. Like, I didn't even, I didn't like, you know, oh, there was well, we no should a- check with him and then, you know, no. There was no attachment of any emotion. It's gone. It's gone. So, yeah. So it felt really good to be in this situation for Thanksgiving. And then after that, we had these two big projects, you know, the one I just talked about. And then we also cleaned out the basement quite a bit. So we had these two big projects that normally I would have expected him to be there to participate in Mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff for the basement was like tools and stuff like that. But no, I just I just did it. We just did it. And there was no like, oh, is he going to be home or anything like that's in my mind right now that is gone like that. I don't know. That expectation of participation is gone. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know what hit that switch. But it did. That switch was hit. 
Yeah. You know, and like my my wife says, you know, oh, well, he'll be home for Christmas. And I'm like, well, we'll see what happens when Christmas Right, comes. yeah. You know what I mean? Like she still is in that place of expecting him. She doesn't get as – she doesn't have as many issues around him not showing up, which is good. She's able to handle that. I mean it hurts her feelings, but she's able to handle that in a way that works for her. You know, I feel like it's a little too, um, like, over lenient. You know what I mean? Like, she's kind of trying to buy his time in a way kind of a thing. Like, for instance, after we did that hallway thing, she basically cleaned his room for him. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because she was like, well, we just threw all that stuff in there. So, like, you know, she's still in that space of, like, trying to not just be the good guy, because that's not really what it is, but trying to just be as available as possible yeah where for me i mean if there's an emergency i would be available oh yeah but if it was just like a whatever thing i would schedule something with him you know what i mean without any intent for him to actually show up yeah for whatever he needed help with right like and and that's that's i that's been a good boundary for me to finally be able to accept that, you know, this is, he is going to make his life now. Like, and I, I see that thing all the time on um, social media. And it's like, once your kid moves out, they're creating their own family. Like you are now their extended family. You're no longer their immediate family. Yeah. And, I think seeing that has helped as well because, I mean, that's what we are. We're no longer his, we're now his extended family. Yeah. I don't know what the opposite word of that is, but. Well, you're not his core core focus as far as family goes anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. He's building his own. You know, he's got this girlfriend and I don't know if they have plans to have kids or not, but a family can be two people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And he's, that's, that's his focus right now. So a lot of the jealousy I was feeling like around, you know, her parents, like it was fucking ridiculous. I bought him that gun. We talked about that. Yeah. And then her parents went out and bought him a case to put it in. (laughs) That was almost as much as the gun. Like they went to this super duper outdoor store that's like known to be really fucking expensive and like bought him this overly enamored i don't know what the word is. right right over overly done bag to put a gun in and i was just like that i think was the last thing that i felt like what the fuck like what 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 are we doing here yeah well are, why are we competing you know right it's really right. what it feels like yeah right like i mean i literally saw the same exact thing at another store for like 30 bucks yep i mean it's not it's it it's yeah it's the name of the place it came from. Right. You know what I mean? That sells all the money. Like, So I think that was the last thing. And I don't think it had to do anything to do with how I feel today about it, which I know it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But somewhere in my mind, I just got to this space of I can't have any expectations. Yeah. Like. I can tell him as far as, like, you need to come pick up your stuff, right? Like, 
or he had those lawnmowers. I don't know if I talked about that. Yes. Like he, yeah, he was going to go race. And I was like, they need to go. They, they're, they're just sitting around. You've done nothing with them for three months. They need to go. And having that expectation that that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he did do that. But yeah, I, I'm kind of at that place where like we're finally getting ready to sign the car over to him because I'd given him a car for Christmas last year. Yep. And it wasn't in his name because he wasn't 18. And I just ordered the title so that we can sign it over into his name. And then the insurance will go under him. Like, and that'll all be, you know, more kind of moving him out. Yeah. Stuff. Allowing him to be his own person and yeah. have his own responsibilities. Yeah. So, you know, we've been, we've been listening to you talk about this over the course of you yeah. know, months and you know yeah. now almost a couple of years and it's it's interesting to have seen like if we go back and listen to all of these things you've been heading here for quite a while i just yeah you know what i mean like every every time something happens you get really frustrated but you seem to have gotten a little closer to just accepting and letting go yeah and i think the last time that we talked was one of the the first times you really spoke about saying, you know, I know that this is where it's supposed to go. You yeah. know, this is where it's supposed to be. And I, I wonder if that's yeah. not, I wonder, but I feel like that, that you're finally getting to that spot, which is wonderful. I, I think the, I think you're right. And now that, now that you're bringing it up, it's helping me kind of see the longer term. And I think, I think you're right. I think the hunting thing was like the last straw. Yeah. If there, you know what I mean? Like that, togetherness kind of went away after that yeah and i think finding my own ways to do it and not depending on him or even really considering him in it yeah made made a lot of difference just trying to just do my thing you know we talk about closure and and you know it's it's that that piece where we feel like the other person is responsible for providing us the closure that we need yeah. when in actuality it really is us that needs to provide our own closure for a situation yeah. and i think you've you've done that and i think that that's where the i feel like i'm there yeah i feel like i'm there i feel like i'm at at a place right now at yeah because <laughs> we know none of this is linear you right? know so this, this week this day this hour right um I feel like I'm at a, in a good place with it and I don't feel like I'm expecting him to do things that that he just doesn't want to do anymore. Yeah. I think I've just realized that he's no longer as attached, you know. Yep. Both in mind and in reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I know for me and I, I know you didn't you didn't have this experience quite because it was I mean your your family situation was a lot different than mine but for me i know that going out and creating my own space my own family and and having my own friends and all that did eventually lead me back to a space where i had to figure out how my quote-unquote extended family which was my yeah. immediate family my mother my sister my my father at the time you know how they fit into my life you know and and yeah. so that i that's just i believe part of the process so you know um, it sucks for the parents, though. It really yeah. sucks for the parents, though. Yeah. You know? Luckily for me and for my father, I we we got there really quickly. 
you yeah. know, and so we were able to repair a lot of the damage that, that, that had happened. But I know people who's, who've moved out and then, you know, it's it's a couple of years before they start to really come back around and say, hey, I'd yeah. like to come over for Christmas. Hey, I'd like to come over just because or, you know, hey, dad, hey, mom, I want to just come over and hang out. So, yeah. But being here now and allowing this process to be what it is, I think for you, I know that's going to be. It's going to be very free. Yeah, very It's going to be very huge. free. I, I think I'm going to get a lot out of this. Yeah. If I can hold on to it. Right. You know, and I I really, I believe that that's exactly what will happen, you yeah. know, is that he'll get out and about and these things will come up and eventually he'll he'll find his way back into being part of or allowing us to be part of his family. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful though that you're there. Yeah, they said I I another thing I keep reading on social media is your son is the longest breakup you'll ever have. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And now looking at it retrospectively, yeah. you know, through through the last yeah. months and year, I mean that I yeah. that's definitely very real. Yeah, it's it that that's hit home a bit too. So So yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool. Uh, so today I thought we would talk about meditation. You know, I've had my own meditation practice on and off over the years. I know you have as well. Yep. And uh, as I was looking through, you know, because I always like to, to look through and, and see what the world at large thinks about whatever we're going to talk about. You know, you go and you see these these articles and it's like eight types of meditation. The, the only six types of meditation you'll ever read. 23 types of meditation. And I'm like, oh, seriously, you know, I think no one really has a clue what exactly it is. But um, I, I feel like I could break it down. I, you, uh, let's hear your breakdown. Because I, like uh, I, I also have down. my breakdown. And I wonder I, if they're similar. So first of all, I would suggest that people realize that there are three different things that are called meditation. Mm-hmm. There is uh, visualization. Yep. So that would be when people say they go journeying or they, you know, they meditate and go off into the ether and, you know, that yep. kind of a thing. That's actually what we would call visualization because mm-hmm. to do that, you're really engaging your mind. And that's the opposite of what meditation is which is to disengage your mind right from anything other than your current state yeah right so that's meditation right meditation is sitting or or doing something to become mindful you can have mindfulness without having meditation yes but you can't have meditation without having mindfulness so mindfulness is required to be able to meditate because what meditation is is it's a, a agreed upon practice where you will be completely mindful of yourself mm-hmm. from top to bottom yeah um so that would be my my like overview of how to figure out what meditation is. Yeah. Um and then as far as types? Yeah. The the types that I'm most familiar with um obviously sitting meditation. When you do a traditional sitting meditation, your eyes shouldn't be closed. Right. That's one of those things that everybody automatically does. They close their eyes. You should not close your eyes. You should rest your eyes 
so that you barely can see. So like your eyes are relaxed, but your eyelids are not closed completely. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so in a sitting meditation, you would sit like that. There's different choices of how to sit. I don't really connect with a lot of those. Um, there's uh, if you sit kind of on a stool, cross-legged, that's one of the ways that they that they recommend. It's the way that most people do it. Um, there's the lotus position or something yes. like that. Yep. I I've never been flexible enough to do that <laughs> <Right>. well <laughs> or comfortably. Yep. Um, you know, uh, how you're sitting, I think, doesn't matter as much as the practice itself. Uh, there's walking meditation, yep. which is a big thing for me. And that, again, is basically walking mindfully, right? You're present. You're where you are. You're feeling your feet. Um, there's different, there's different recommendations on ways to actually step. So like I step from the heel to the toe and then I'll often reverse and step from the toe to the heel. Oh, interesting. So when I'm stepping from the heel to the toe, it gives me a certain sensation, right? Mm -hmm. But my brain after a while with that sensation has a harder time identifying the completeness of it right it kind of starts to check out a little bit you start to lose right. the mindfulness to it right because your brain starts to just see it as a pattern yep and in that pattern you get lost a little bit yep as far as being present in it so i'll switch it up if that starts to happen and i'll go toe to heel yep um a lot of times walking meditation should be experienced in a way that is i would say slow i use that word hesitantly mm -hmm. because to me slow means that you're able to feel it all so for instance walking you feel your heel go to your toe you feel the pressure on your you know your ankle you feel the pressure move up into your leg as gravity hits you know what i mean like yep. and if you can do that with a fast walk, then that's fine. It's really just about being able to go at a pace where you can feel that go from the bottom to the top. And it doesn't become automatic. So I like, for, for that, I don't use the word slow. I use the word deliberate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a much better word for it. Because that's, when, when I was taught walking meditation and moving meditation, that was, that was what was really drilled into me was, and I, I think it was that slowness originally, but because of that slowness, it was be a, a deliberate thing. So now when I, sometimes when I do anything, I can create a meditation out of it if it's a repetitive task. Absolutely. And it starts out slow, but then eventually I can literally, I can get faster and faster with it and still maintain right. that mindfulness situation. Right. Absolutely. That's that's a perfect example. Yep. And that's I often see people walk and when they walk, they start out really slow and then they kind of like get in their head about going faster mm -hmm. instead of just letting it be, which yeah. is the point of the meditation. Um, so getting in your head about it is what you're looking out for rather than. Did I go all the way up the body? Right. Right. With the next step, you can reorient orient that. Yep. But if you get in your head about it, 
you're no longer in meditation. Um, same thing for sitting. If your ass is hurting because you're sitting like that, get up and sit somewhere comfortable. The only thing I recommend people do that haven't meditated, it's a very simple meditation, and all you do is take 10 deep breaths in, 10 deep breaths out. It takes roughly one minute. Yep. If you can sit quietly and feel that breath come in, how it feels on your lips, how it feels on your throat, how it feels on your tongue, going down your windpipe into your lungs, how your lungs feel pressing against your shirt that you're wearing. Like, If you're able to do that 10 times, it will take roughly one minute. Right. And in that practice, you've probably gotten more out of meditation than... 10 years of sitting around being uncomfortable trying to focus. Right. So <clears throat> that actually brings us right into um, one of the things like I wanted to talk about was like the pitfalls of people who are approaching meditation for the first time. Yes. Yes. And um, so number one pitfall number one pitfall well thinking about yeah (laughs) but number one pitfall for me and that i i experience and that i find everybody else when i start speaking to them about it is i have to meditate for 15 to 20 minutes every day for three times a day yeah you start with a minute yeah yeah absolutely if you if you're doing sitting i would give yourself three yeah but again extremely small amounts of time that you work up to right so for me, I know when I was learning uh, sitting meditation specifically, I started with about a minute and then I felt the need for more. So a minute, and, and I didn't put a like a, a limit on it necessarily. Like I yeah. allow myself like, so for me, I want to get a good minute in. So the three minutes is yeah. actually, that's perfect because I usually sit down for a little bit and then yeah. just kind of relax. It takes myself. your body a minute. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> uh, and then I'll do that. And then I... I wanted more. So, but I, I couldn't, I was still struggling that third minute. So I would just do that twice a day. Yeah. And then eventually one of them would get longer. And sometimes, I mean, I, I know that for me, there was a moment where I was only doing like five minutes of decent rep meditation, sitting meditation yeah. once a day and then a two minute. And there was one day where quite literally my bell went off and I, it, it moved my focus for a moment. And then my focus went right back to the meditation piece. And I was there for about 20 minutes. And I was like, holy shit, this was a moment breakthrough, you know. And that's it was extremely that's, rare. It, I'm sure that's it extremely is. extremely rare. Because I never did it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, no, that was no. it. <laughs> I, just for all of those out there yeah. listening, that, that would be extremely rare. I just got into the space yeah. at that moment. And then, you know, I was like, so first of all, me, I'm like, oh, I've become a master. Now I can do this twice a day. No, that did not happen. I had to go back to the what I was doing before. So here's another question, though. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about this. We've talked about being too in your head about it. Mm-hmm. But the alternative is checking out. Yes. So you can easily, in that state, dissociate. Yes. And then you have done it for 20 minutes, but you were really just kind of checked out for that 20 minutes. Right. Right? So that's important to watch for, too. I'm not suggesting that's what happened to you. Right, but you're saying that. But that's important to watch out for, too. If you feel like you're meditating... And it, the timer goes off and you keep going, you know, that, that's a perfect, that's a perfect way to keep going. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you still feel it, your time's up, just allow yourself to stay there and feel it. But as soon as you consciously realize 
that you're not going through that body awareness piece. Yep. That's also a good time to stop. Yes. Because you can do that. And I was guilty for that. I mean, I when I started meditating, I had to walk because I didn't have any I didn't have it in me to sit still. I was far too chaotic. Yeah. I needed to walk. By the time I got to sitting meditation, I had the hardest time not dissociating because it was easier for me to just check out yep. than it was to be present. And for the longest time, I thought I was like a kick-ass fucking meditator, <laughs> right? Like I could meditate for an hour and a half oh my and God. just not, not, not experience anything right. other than that void. Right. And I had somebody politely tell me I wasn't meditating. They're right. like, you're not meditating. You're checking out. That's that void. So you want to be really careful of that too. Right. And that again is another reason why that minute meditation, that three minutes is a far better place to start. Because for those of us with trauma, it's super easy to just check out. And I've done that before too. And Absolutely. That's not meditation either. Right. So it it's easier to say what meditation isn't only because meditation itself is so fucking simple. Yes. And that brings it to number two. The number two pitfall for me that, that I deal with and that, you know, a lot of other people do is that I've spoken with is uh, the, the dichotomy there, the, the twofold piece. You either have these intrusive thoughts that you come in and you engage with them. Yeah. And that's part of the practice. That's yeah. part of what like the sitting meditation or even the walking meditation can be. That'll come in. And then the practice is just to remove not remove that but to move your mind back to your focus point whatever your focus is tag it see that it's there it's acknowledge there. It. acknowledge yeah. it and then bring it back yeah. um to your breath or the candle or whatever your your focus is and then the other piece like you said is when you realize you've checked out again bring it back oh shit i've had like 10 15 20 breaths maybe and i have no idea i don't remember any of them you yeah. know and then just again bring it back your awareness back to your breath acknowledge it again yeah. and bring it back to your breath um, so can we give an example of that so yeah i mean i i think so um if you, you, you don't want i i can if you of what it looks like yeah yeah like what that more what it sounds like like in my head? Yeah. Okay. So um, when I'm doing a sitting meditation, I mostly what I, I focus on is my breath. Okay. Um, and I do a couple of different types, but for this instance, we'll talk about the breath. And so I will be breathing in and I I get the feeling of the heartbeats. You know, I don't, I don't actually count. Some people count one, two, three, four, you know, as they're breathing in. I've heard of that, people doing that. But I just, I breathe in and I breathe out. And all I'm thinking... All I'm being aware of is, like you said, the the feeling of of yeah. the, the experience, the, the experience air. of the air coming through, and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, something will come across my mind. And for this instance, we'll say, "Oh, I got to cook. What am I going for cooking for dinner tonight?" You know, that's usually I'm something hungry. like that. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm aware of my body for the first time. It's in a, a very while. common response <laughs> right? to meditation, folks. I'm hungry. I have to pee. Right. Those are those are extremely common responses right? to meditation when you first start, especially. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? Right, you're checking in with your body, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, yep. I'm hungry. Oh, I'm thirsty." Well, yeah, and I I think that that like you said is very common, and it, 
it's very common i think because we don't check in with our body enough and we are so checked out of our body right and that's that's one of the big purposes of meditation is to to codify to to really um create that mind body connection that yeah. that full self so yeah so I, that'll if happen not the, the reason for meditation right yeah so i, I sit there and go like, okay so what am i doing for for dinner tonight so i look at that and i'll i'll, I'll start engaging and i'm like oh okay this is coming because i'm hungry yeah. okay so i'm hungry i've now acknowledged this i'm labeling it yeah and i can think about this at another point in time so i stop thinking about it like i'm it's there i know i'm hungry but not aware of your breathing while you're doing i'm that. not aware of my breathing yeah. while i'm doing that and yeah. then i just bring my attention back to my next breath whatever my next breath is in yeah and so it's basically starting over to yeah. to go and being overly aware because i usually have to be overly aware of that first couple of breaths yeah. to get into that space again absolutely and then you know, when my timer goes off, then I can engage with the hunger thought that I had <laughs> as I was there. Um, having to pee, though, is usually means I have to get up and, and start the whole system over again if I'm going to. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that know? what we don't talk about so much of what we don't talk about is what gets people tripping on doing this. Yeah. You know, so that they, they can't do it. And that those are things that we need to talk about you're gonna have to pee you're yep. gonna get hungry you're gonna get thirsty you're gonna have to you're gonna feel your your stomach moving and you're gonna realize you're gassy like all of these things are gonna happen because you are connecting with your body and part of meditation is acknowledging those things yes so if you start out with that one minute you know that breathing those 10 deep breaths if you start out with that the first hundred times you do it, you may get three conscious breaths out of that. Yeah. And the rest of the time is just, you know, I acknowledge you're there. Go away. I need to take another breath. Right. Right. And that in and of itself, that ability to recognize the thought coming in as separate from you asking that thought to hang out over here. I'll be there in a minute. I got five more breaths to do <laughs> right. and then I'll be there, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then going back to that breath and then maybe two breaths later that comes back and then yep. you got to deal with that and then you got, I'll be there and then you've only got one breath left. That is still successfully meditating. It is. And it's important that that step isn't run over or expected to not exist or whatever. That step right there is the biggest thing that makes people stop meditating yeah because their thought is i can't meditate right and that was mine i can't meditate i can't meditate well, as why opposed can't you to meditate? that is part of meditation that is part of meditation is part of the practice of meditation um i have i for me i i break down the meditations into three different types okay um so the first one is a is a, a focused based meditation so that's okay. you know anything breathing or some people like candlelight i've done that i really like the candlelight meditation where you're where i you're would actually that? recommend against that really now unless I'm you're more advanced okay fair um when you are focusing on that candlelight mm -hmm. as sort of your focal point so a lot of times the boundaries between it sounds silly but self in that candle yep become enmeshed absolutely can see um, that and that's that's why i would recommend like you know like maybe step 
one and a half versus or stage one and a half right right could be that type of practice the other issue with that type of practice is it also is the same exact practice as what they call scrying so oh, yeah. when you scry it's a it's a it's an older practice but you know how like you see the witch look into the mirror and then the mirror talks or, to the witch or the know? crystal ball or the or, crystal ball yeah, like yeah that is an actual thing. It's yes. a way to connect with your intuitive psychic nature. Yes. And when you do that in meditation with a flame, it oftentimes can also switch into that. Oh, okay. Because of the it's because of the enmeshment with the item. Yep. That's how scrying works. Yes. You get enmeshed into that mirror. You get enmeshed into that flame. And then you end up doing that and you now your brain's like way over here where meditation's way over here you know right, what i mean yeah so i would i would actually i would recommend anyone beginning to not use a focal point right at all yeah and so that that actually makes sense and and, and i'm glad you brought that up is like yeah. you know that breathing piece really is where you want to begin um so these other focus type things are are body I, awareness yeah these are the focus type things, I guess, are, are really that two, you know, stage two, level two, level three, whatever, you know. They are because they're adding something to process. Yes. Whether it's just seeing a fire and yeah. processing the way it dances and not, especially if you're like me, who loves fire. Mm -hmm. So, like, I love to watch fire and I very easily get lost in the that, fire. Right? Yeah. Yep. And. That feels good to me because I love to dissociate. Right. So that, that feels great to me. Like that's restful for me. But it, it isn't meditation at that point. No, it's not because you're yeah. not – it's not that body awareness. In its simplest form, what I do is I quite literally sit in a straight back chair, usually a comfortable one, yeah. with my hands either on my lap or on my belly or on the arms and just breathe. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I do. And that's very key. You just said something that's very key is that in the beginning, it is helpful to not just feel your body, but to literally feel your body. Right. Like, put your hands on your tummy or put your hands on your chest or put your hands on your thighs. Connect physically to your body. Yep. While at the same time doing it will much It'll make it much easier for you to connect with that physical part of feeling the air, right. feeling how the air feels as it pushes your hands up. You know, it just gives you another sensory thing. Yeah. Um, the second one is awareness or some people call it transcendental meditation. And that's that's usually like the ones that you're talking about, like people go on voyages and, and journeying and so yeah. on and so forth, um, allowing themselves to become aware of the whole uh, the whole piece. Those uh, There's one that I, I just read about called Meta. Uh, meditation or um, loving kindness meditation is is the the word that we use here. Yeah, and that one is more of when you breathe in, you breathe in the compassion and, and love, and when you're breathing out, you are sending that compassion and love right. um, out. And then the last one for me though is the moving meditations. So things like the walking meditation, um, and then yoga, tai chi, qigong. Yeah. Um, I found out while I was I was looking into stuff because I I've, I've practiced 
I say have practiced. Let me rephrase that. I have experienced Qigong. Yeah. Um, I've experienced Tai Chi. I did for a little while practice, and I, a very short while, but I did practice yoga, and I really enjoyed that one. I'm a huge yoga guy. It it The benefits of being aware of your body, doing the stretches, yeah. and allowing yourself to be where you are, knowing that you might not, you know, and if you have a good yoga teacher, they will tell you, the pose is not... Right. The end result, like you're not, your goal the is goal, not the pose. Right. You the know? goal is to feel yourself in the pose, not the pose. Exactly. Like you you know? don't need to be super flexible. I'm not super flexible. Right. Although I do blow away people when I go for like physical therapy because I'm way more flexible than I should be for mm-hmm. my age and with my issues. But it's because I do yoga. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I still can't do like the backwards pretzel stuff. You know? Right. That's, yeah, no. That's yeah. just showing off. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, <laughs> these yoga masters that are doing that. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I real or found out just recently and I did not realize is that they consider um they consider yoga generally to be the precursor to sitting meditation. Yes. Which for you, that makes sense because, and you, you had spoken about yeah. it as, you know, you did Physical the walking, walking medication. Meditation, yeah. Medication. Meditation. <laughs> it was medication for me at the time, yeah. let me tell you. And when I was taught, that's, we, we tried everything else first. Yeah. You know, we tried yoga, which was good. And we tried the walking meditation and I had struggled with those. I can do them more now, yeah. but I really struggled with those. And finally, the person who was teaching me looked at me and said, well, we can try the sitting meditation, but I don't know that that's going to work because that's not usually the way this goes. Yeah. And I found it there. Yeah. You know, that's where I found that for me, I started well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are definitely some some avenues to explore and the, with the realization that the practice is literally bringing back your awareness to, to your whatever body. you're doing to your body. Yeah. Um, and then the benefits right now, I mean, probably about five years ago, meditation was all the buzz again, you know, like, and it goes in and out of favor. And, you know, you heard about all of these, um, uh, like these socialites and the, yeah. the, you know, movie stars and like, Oh yes, I meditate, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, but it does when I'm, when I realize that I'm like, having anxiety levels that are through the roof or, you know, for blood pressure or depression, I sometimes as a last ditch effort, this should also be, I should, my disclaimer is this should also be my first, (laughs) my first go-to in a lot of ways. And I only think about it at that point. I'm like, okay, well, I really need to restart my meditation practice. And I feel so much better even after that one minute, you know what I mean? Even after that one minute. So a lot of times when those things are going on for me, and you've heard me talk about it, is I will have an alarm that goes off every hour, hour and a half or whatever, and I will try to find within that space, you know, a minute or so to just kind of sit and then a minute to do the breathing. Yep. And then get on with my work, whatever my work is, you know. And, And I find it to be really beneficial for my productivity. Um, and then just my whole mindset, you know. They equate it to an hour. Yeah. One minute of focused meditation. This is when we've gotten past the however long it will take you. It took me almost a year or two years to like not have that constant barrage of things coming in. Mm -hmm. But once you get to that point where you can have a solid minute of breathing, it's equivalent to an hour of rest for your brain. Yeah. Um, there used to be 
times where I wouldn't sleep for more than two or three hours at a time yep. for very long periods of time. And one of the main ways that I got through that was meditation is if I was feeling just like brain was fogged, I was just tired, I couldn't like focus on anything, I would take a little while, I would do meditation, try to really feel where my body was at, then give my body what it needed. I couldn't give it sleep, but I could give it hydration. I could give it, you know, healthy foods. Like I could give it other things that that supported it yeah. so that it could pick up the slack for not sleeping. Right. Um so that's that's definitely anxiety like you had said. Um it's physiologically impossible. I say this all the time to people because it's the coolest thing in the world. Yep. You cannot have anxiety and consciously breathe. So there's a caveat to that, right? This is talking about triggered anxiety. Like a panic Not attack like or like a daily, you know, baseline anxiety. Right. Right, like a panic attack or just like, you know, I'm going to go to this thing. I've never been to it before. Or there's going to be a bunch of people here. I don't, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, doing that deep breathing, that one minute of deep breathing will get rid of that anxiety. Yeah. It will maybe come back because that's what anxiety does. <laughs> right. And then you do those breaths again and it'll go away. And that's how I've been able to stop vomiting constantly like that was my big thing is i would have a panic attack and i would start to gag and then i'd puke yeah because i was not breathing a lot of times the way that anxiety affects your body is directly related to the way that you're taking in air so if you can take air in and let air out in a conscious way the anxiety doesn't have the tool to use to perpetuate and elevate the anxiety yep 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 uh, my counselor, my therapist, and, and I think a lot of therapists use this as well, you know, we'll talk about square breathing or like the, what is it, like six, seven, eight breathing. So you, you breathe in for six, you hold for seven, you let go for eight or, Those you know. are <clears throat> a, a separate thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, so, they're not true meditation. Right. But yeah. But it, it feels the same sometimes. Yes. And that's, that's one of those things for people to like. Like when we talked about in the beginning, you know, how I try to make it really clear to people. There's like visualization and then there's meditation. Right. And then checking out. Right. Well, there's also that piece, too, is grounding. Yep. You cannot. Right. You cannot meditate without being able to. Um, oh, shit. I said it in the beginning. Ground. No, I'm going to get there. Okay. What was it? You can't meditate without mindfulness. Yes. But you also can't meditate and have mindfulness without grounding. Yeah. So grounding is a separate piece that is a byproduct of meditation. So when you do these things that sound like meditation, but they're actually grounding, there is a difference there because when you ground, it's really just being more aware of your present state as far as your surroundings. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of a byproduct of meditation and that's why they use a lot of the same tools for grounding as they do for meditation. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's where you get <clears throat> that's where you get into the counting and that kind of a stuff. Yes. Because 
that's you you can't do that while you're meditating but you can do it to ground right because that's now engaging a different part of your brain yeah in addition to what you would get out of the meditative practice of breathing yeah so you're actually doing those two things at once you're forcing your brain to get out of the crisis mode right and you're being more aware of your body through a meditative practice yeah so one of the things that <clears throat> Because you talked about the grounding piece. So one of the things that I do suggest to some people that I have a hard time with that is to start off. Like yeah. if, they, if they're going to do the minute. Um, and I've had to do this too. Like yeah. they'll do the minute, that first minute, they might do the grounding piece. They yeah. might just, just be doing like the, the square breathing or the whatever. Yeah. And then for that next minute, they can just transition. experience, transition into that experience. And I find that if I'm having a hard time, that that really works for me as well. Oh, yeah. So when we talked about that three minute time period, yeah, that first minute, that's what your body's doing is grounding, it's grounding, it's re regulating, it's getting your everything to where it needs to be for this new position. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Grounding prior to meditation is a great practice. Incorporating it into the meditative practice only takes you another minute. Right. That's awesome, too. Like, the more you can do to support yourself in that minute, the best. The more you do to allow yourself to be whatever you are is the absolute best. Yeah. So it's almost like you're you're mixing those two while doing this practice. You have to also be supporting yourself throughout the practice yeah. and not having that judgment about a thought keeps coming in. Because when we talked about that, we, ne we never said judgment, right? Right, no. We said you're acknowledging it. You're validating it. You're saying, okay, it's there. And then you're going back to your practice. Otherwise, you're going to get in your head about it keep coming up. And then you've got that now to deal with right. on top of the I'm hungry. <laughs> yes. And then it, it just it folds on top of itself. <clears throat> and that would be also a great time to say, okay, let's do some grounding breaths. Yes. And then go back to the meditative. Yeah. Because once you get into that cycle about judging the things and I mean that that just gets your brain going right. in a way. Now you're adding you layer to, upon layer right. upon it, layer you, of distraction. You need to bring it back home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and that's where grounding is is excellent to do with meditation. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, one of my teachers um used to say practice is practice. You don't practice to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect in meditation. There's Amen. there's always going to be a thing, but practice is practice. And, you know, you said it, it took you about a year, maybe two, before you were able to, oh, yeah. you know. It, it took me about that long as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember my first, first 10 breaths that were like, I was there. And of course, the second I got excited about it was the moment yeah, that you, you leave your meditation. Because now you, you judged like, it. I judged it, but... <laughs> But I remember that first, the the first 10 breaths that I was completely, and I say 10 breaths, I'm guessing it was 10 breaths. I'm not counting the breaths, you right. know, but it felt long enough and I was very excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it does, it does take time, but even just the practice is beneficial overall. Yeah. Um, you know, it might take you a year to get there. That's okay. Yeah. You know, that really is okay. And a lot of it is that non-judgment piece, you right. know, just the practice, you know, one minute. Yeah twice a day or three minutes as you, you know, with the full yeah. process. So, yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't, I know we've talked about grounding with the <clears throat> thinking and, and meditation. Um, I wouldn't, I would either use a timer or count. I know you're a timer guy. I'm a timer guy. Um, 
but I would I would use a timer or count so that you have a beginning and an end. Yeah. When you set the plan to do it. Right. So oftentimes I was taught to count with my fingers. So oh. it's kind of like a way to again connect with your body with the counting instead of in yep. your mind being like one, two. What I do is I take breath in, breath out, put one finger down, breath in, breath out, put another finger down. Ah. And then when my whole hand is down, then I've got it. Yeah. You know, or the opposite, you know, lift your fingers up. Like whatever works for you, curl them in. Uh, right. But just it's a physical way of counting rather than engaging in as much mental work counting, your body's doing it for you. Right. And I think that that's why I am not a counting guy because I always thought about doing it mentally. Yeah, no. And and that would that would yeah. become a thing. You know, that would that would Well that becomes grounding. Though. Exactly. Yeah. It no longer is a meditation. So doing it that way is still you're right. That's a physical thing. So yeah. you're still being very aware of your body. But that's why I like you know, that's why I like the timer. So timers are great. There's an app. Uh, I know I used to have it meditation time and it just it has like just a a really soft bell kind yeah. of sound like it's nothing harsh it's just like a dong uh I use the insight timer insight that's what it was that's the one insight yes. timer yeah um yeah but there's tons of apps out there for that kind of a thing there are um but just don't get too involved in it don't create like a time of day to do it don't 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 overthink it when you think about it, especially in the very beginning, when you think about meditation, take that 10 breaths. Yeah. You know, and and try to watch how you think about it more, the more you act when you think about it. Right. I know for me, when I started, I, because I need those times. So yeah. like I, I, the structure, the structure of it. So when I started, it was in the morning. I yeah. knew that I was going to sit down for three minutes in the morning or five minutes in the morning and do this practice. Yeah. Um, and then eventually it was in the morning and then in the evening as well before I went to bed. But then the fun part, like you said, is throughout the day, I would yeah. just have this thought and I would take those breaths. You yeah. know, and I would be in that space. And like I said, I have the timer, so it's perfect. I just hit the timer right. and, and, you know, when it's done, it goes ding. Yeah. And whatever I've experienced during that time is what I've experienced during that time. But anything that I've experienced has been helpful. You know what I mean? Again, that's yeah. uh, that's important to remember. The main thing I would focus on avoiding in that scenario mm -hmm. um, would be to feel a way because you didn't do it. So whether you feel disappointed or like oops you know any, any kind of judgment any kind of judgment about not doing it will set you back further to do it right so if you say every morning i'm gonna do it and you don't do it for a week and then one morning you do it that's a success because you did it that day yes and it's really important to not have it be that one more thing on your calendar that you can just brush off because the other things are more important. Right. That's one thing that I, I didn't mention, but I, I never went through that space of like, oh, I have to meditate. You know what I mean? Like yep. Yep. If, I, if I was there, then I didn't meditate. Yeah. You know, and I would go about my day. Um, what so I don't did, make it a chore. Right. And what I found, though, is is by doing that, I wanted to. 
Yeah. You know, because I yeah. I then would feel like the rest of the day just wouldn't go as smoothly or I just it just didn't feel the you same. You will notice a difference. You will notice a if difference. If you do it as a practice, you will notice a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope this I hope this clears up some some myths and yeah. some craziness about meditation. I think we covered a lot of stuff. We did, so hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumbling 